This is the Henry's Child Podcast. Am I crazy or am I just raving? Hello again, beautiful humans, and welcome to episode 75 of the Am I Crazy or Am I Just Raving podcast. I first off wanted to start off in a place of gratitude and appreciation for the feedback that I got from episode 74. And as it turns out, most folks would rather see my face than just hear my voice. So I can already tell that this relationship is really going to go to the next level. I'm very, very excited about that. And video podcasting, I thought it was a thing. I used our content delivery network and it turns out I just uploaded it twice. So for now, we're going to have to look at this on YouTube and Facebook and maybe work with Spotify to get a few things kind of up and rolling. But anyway, for those of you who are just listening to this uh, through the podcast delivery system, I will try to do a better job of explaining what's on the screen and so that things sort of make sense. And of course, the big news that I have starting out is that one week from today, uh, which is going to be Friday, February 18th, 2022, Seven Second Circle is going to play with Hiding Jekyll and the House of Dorothy Gale at the WoW Hall. We are no strangers to playing to the WoW Hall, as you know, and uh, we're very excited to be playing with a newly reformed Hiding Jekyll, which is great, and to be a part of this awesome historic venue. So you can get tickets on our website. Let me actually show you really quick where that is. If you go over to the, um, well, here's the, uh, here's the home, um, and over to the right-hand side, there's the Performances tab. If you click on the um, first link up here, the Hiding Jekyll Seven Second Circle House of Dorothy Gale link, that will bring you here uh, to be able to get tickets. So buy your tickets in advance. They're a little bit cheaper, and we're very, very excited uh, to see you at the show. So it's been uh, quite a while since Seven Second Circle has played out, and uh, Andrew is also going to be there as well. So in celebration of this, I've actually put together a Spotify playlist of all the songs that Seven Second Circle will be performing. Um, all of these are actually in order, with the exception of one song which is not uploaded to Spotify, which is going to be on the new record, and uh, we're going to play that live for you. But again, it is an awesome, awesome celebration. Uh, we have the in-ears going, we have all the tracks going, so it's literally like the record. It's amazing, and Brian's voice is like spot on right now. So Toby put a lot of effort and energy into getting those live tracks, and it's going to really pay off. I think you're going to really, really super duper enjoy it. So that being said, I wanted to play a clip today, and the clip I wanted to play is from the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. And I know that recently he's been in the news, and it sort of is sort of invoking this kind of pain body that exists um, with a lot of people, and so. The idea is not related to what actually the podcast is, but rather the contents of it. So the backstory is that I was listening to this particular episode at work, just kind of on in the, in the background, and I heard Jordan Peterson launch into a diatribe relating to music. And by the time my ears started to kind of make the connection between the two, he was crying. It was like like super intense moment. and. He was so touched and so moved just by his own words that he became overcome with emotion. Now, keep in mind, this is Jordan Peterson, right? This is a very 
normally somebody who's fairly well reserved and is uh, very well respected in many circles and not exactly somebody who I think you'd see at a Ramon show, right? And that being said, it really it caught my attention first. And then secondly, I was like, there's something going on here. And like any good podcast, they start out talking about things like testing on monkeys to, you know, life being nothing but patterns. And then, of course, that's how they actually started talking about music. So I've edited out, I mean, this was probably like an hour into the episode itself, but it's definitely worth taking a glance at. Uh, and, you know, normally I would say to stick to a science-only sort of worldview uh, when it comes to sort of this sort of stuff. But Jordan Peterson's reaction, it's, it's not only surprising, but I could also relate to it. So how he literally worked himself up into a frenzy is what you're about ready to see. So what I got from this, and this is my initial thought, was it's really moving away from this polarizing me world to a transmuted we world. And more importantly, the way I interpret this is what he's about ready to describe is why live shows are so important. So important. Because if we just play music in our bedroom, we're just playing music in our bedroom. It's kind of like if the tree falls in the wilderness, right? Do you hear it? Does, does it create a sound? It's time. It's time to move to a we culture. It's time to get over all the information, disinformation, all the other things that are so concerning to the world. And it's time to become together. It's time to come together. So that's my interpretation. With that in mind, give this a listen. Check out Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, and I'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah, and so, so and I think this is modeled by music. And this is really worth knowing. This, this like, almost took the top of my head off when I realized it. And it took me about four months of thinking to figure this out. Because when, when I was in graduate school at McGill, I was really interested, I became really interested in the reality of evil, and I was very interested in the viability of nihilistic beliefs. You know, what, why bother if everything's going to disappear in a hundred years? Who cares? Life, you know, it's meaningless. Mm -hmm. In the final analysis, life is meaningless. Right. Okay, well, you know, you can make a credible case for that. Now, it's an upsetting case. Because once you accept that, first of all, you're anxious and hurt by it. So that's not so good. And second, it kind of makes you aimless. And that's part of nihilism. It's like, you know, you're anxious and upset, but you're also aimless. Because why bother? And fair enough, but you can make a credible case for it. But then I thought, well, when that gets out of hand, maybe you're nihilistic because, life, because you're mortal and life ends in death. So you're sort of nihilistic because of suffering. And so then you become nihilistic as a logical response to that, and then what happens? And then what you see is that nihilistic people definitely make suffering worse. Definitely. They make it worse for themselves, for sure. But then they get bitter because their lives are so unbearable, and then they start to take it out on other people. So if you are nihilistic, that's not neutral. It gets bad real fast. So then I thought, well, what are, are there any antidotes to meaninglessness? 
And rational antidotes are hard to come by because you can just say, well, who cares if in a thousand years we're all going to be dead, what, why get out of bed in the morning? You can't really make, mount a rational case why that's not reasonable. Now, I'm not saying it is reasonable, but I thought about music. Music is a very strange art form. I had a great journalist friend of mine. He said to me the other day, he said, all art aspires to the condition of music. I thought was great but music it's you think about the revitalizing effect mu music continues to have in our culture especially among young people and that's really really been the case since the beginning of the 60s it's like we got more nihilistic and less religious and all of that as our culture became more secular and more rational more materialistic and at the same time the power of music as a cultural phenomena just grew and grew and grew and grew say so music gives you the intimation of meaning Right, directly. So I used to watch punk rockers. I went to a Ramones concert once, which was really fun. We were up in the second floor of this theater in Montreal, and uh, the Ramones were playing on stage like a hundred feet away with their with their like their uh, their their huge stu not their studio uh, stadium equipment. It was so loud in there. Like I had to listen to the whole concert with my ears plugged, and I was still like three quarters deaf for three days. And beneath us, on the the stage sort of in front of the stage there was a flat place and all these punks were down there smashing into each other and 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 doing this this really rough dance and i thought this is so cool we got all these nihilistic punks in here like half beating themselves up dancing and in and and being taken in by this rough music that gave them even in their aggressive nihilism a sense of meaning i thought that was so cool so why does music do that that's a good question, because people think of music as a non-representational art. It doesn't represent anything. It's not like a drawing or a picture, or even dance where you can act something out. It's really? Non-representational. I don't agree with that. Like, what do you mean by music being non-representational? -rep well, it's not a picture of anything. Right, but it represents the feeling of the person who puts out the, the lyrics. Yeah, the it's feeling got of the person true. who composes it's got the music. True, it's got emotional content. That's That's fair enough, because there's... There's unhappy music and there's happy music, yeah. minor keys and major. And Definitely, it plays on emotions, for sure. But but it still do it doesn't represent anything like a picture represents it, okay. let's say, or a sculpture. That's saying. all I mean. Okay. Not that it's, I didn't say it was without content. I see what you're saying. But you said right. representation. Yeah, but it well, you could say it represents emotions, and fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Yeah. But I, I was thinking more like a picture of I an actual thing. Okay, so, okay. But what, so let's think about what music is. First of all, it's, it's a pattern. So non-patterned music is noise. It's a pattern. But then it isn't one pattern. It's multiple patterns layered on top of one another in a harmonious manner and in a manner that indicates, in some sense, communication between all the patterned layers because they have to go together. And so what's the world? Well, the world's made of objects. It's like, no, it's not. It's made of patterns. So music is just like the world because the world's made of patterns. And then music has layered patterns that are all moving together in a harmonious manner. And so what do you do when you hear that, especially if it's got a beat? Well, then you move your body, and you want to, right? The music calls to you to move your body. So now you're moving your body in sync with the patterned layers of the world. Well, that's meaning, and then there's more to it, so that's so cool, is music is an analog of the structure of existence itself. And it calls to you to take part in that. And then, so maybe you dance by yourself, 
or maybe even better, you dance with someone else, and so then you both bring your bodies into this patterned relationship with this multi-layer harmony together in a spontaneous way, indicating that you can both play and are therefore potentially trustworthy future mates. That's unbelievably cool. And birds dance, it's not just human beings, you know. So this is a deep thing. And then music does something else too. It, it puts you on the border between chaos and order. Because a boring song does exactly what you expect it to do. And, and gets dull very quickly. And an unlistenable song is so random you can't follow it. And so what you want is predictability with a leaven of unpredictability. And then that puts you right on the edge. That's the zone of proximal development. Vygotsky discovered that. Like a Hendrix song. Yeah, yeah like a Hendrix song. Well, any great music does yeah, that. But I mean, uh, Hendrix you, has so much creativity inside the structure of the song because mm -hmm. there's riffs that he'll right, do. Right, right, right. And everyone right. loves, oh man, I went to this yeah. bar in Nashville. Uh, this band was playing Kelly's Heroes, a great guitarist, best guitarist I've ever seen. And they were playing old country music with a heavy blues rock uh, twist. So they do this great version of uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky, like 15 minutes long. And mm. this brilliant guitarist just goes way out on a limb. And everybody in the crowd, it's so, it was so fun to be there. They're just thrilled to death because they're watching this man doing the same thing that surfers do. He's like dancing on the edge of chaos and order in this virtuosic manner. And everyone is so taken by that that it just lifts them out of the normality of their existence. You know, they see this joy just transfuse them. And that's because they got an intimation of genuine meaning. And it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's not amenable to rational criticism, which is the thing that I thought that struck me as so miraculous about music and why it has this element of salvation. It's like... It puts you directly in touch with the meaning that sustains you in life, directly. And it shows you what that would be, which is something like to observe the harmonious interplay of the patterns of being stacked on top of one another, and then to bring yourself into alignment with that, which is what yogis strive to do, and what disciplined athletes strive to do, and what we celebrate in athletics. And it's all a reflection of the same thing. And that's real. It's real, that meaning. It's, it's real also in what it imparts on other people. It's not just, it's, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Like, even though people can play beautiful music when no one's around, it's not the same as playing beautiful music in front of people because there's a thing that happens when people interact with mm -hmm. that music. Mm -hmm. Well, you see that, in, you know, if you get lucky, you go to a, mu I went to a Leonard Cohen concert, one of the ones he put on when he went on tour when he was wow i tried to find a good exit point but the reality is is sometimes those things are really hard to to break down but wasn't that super intense i mean just to reflect on a little bit of what happened there there was some really deep stuff there man right like music is just like the world it's patterns i mean it's no secret that i work in it and so i see patterns every day whether it's attacks or whether it's requests from marketing, there's always some sort of pattern or something that's occurring. And so also the zone of proximal development is a pretty deep concept as well. But you can relate to that when it says, you know, come dance with us between chaos and order. And every time that we do that, every time we have a show, every time that Andy does his pumping, 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 every time that we you know, play headlights, we play um, failure. I mean, we're dancing on the edge of 
chaos and order. It's like a nostalgia and what's happening now. It's, it's this beautiful paradox, if you will. Um, and that, that's the line that we create in the world or, or that the world creates around us. That's why we play music and moving again from a me perspective to a we world. And so that's why it's so important that we hope that you are able to attend the show at the Wow Hall and come and support us. Uh, as I wrap this up, just a couple things. We actually are still in need of a sound person for the show on April 16th. That's going to be in uh, Roseburg, down at a club called Rio. If you know anyone who likes to run sound, just have them reach out to me. Um, you can always write directly to Henry's Child at henryschild.com. That is the fastest way to get a hold of us over email. Uh, both Seven Second Circle and Henry's Child have newsletter lists. Sometimes when there's big shows like this, I'll send to, to both lists. Uh, on the screen right now, I'm showing you the homepage of the Seven Second Circle website. And underneath the section that says free music is a little blank section that says name and email. If you actually enter in your name, just one word works, uh, your email, and then hit the download button, you will get a song sent to you, but more importantly, you'll actually be on the newsletter list. So if you're not signed up, please go sign up there. Again, looking forward to seeing you next Friday, February 18th at the Wow Hall, playing with Hiding Jekyll. The great words of Rex Morningstar, if you're going to do it, do it right. Take care of yourself and those you love. I appreciate you humans. I'll see you next Friday. See you then. It came out my mouth.